Welcome to the West of North London podcast, where Arsenal may not be playing, but the games don't stop. I'm Caleb. Tim coming in from far, far away. He's in the in the wilds. Yep, in Chandler, Arizona, the 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 hub of the universe. This place is weird, <laughs> man. Like they're old people, as far as the eye can see, and big wide roads, and you can walk nowhere. Eh, but suburbia I've sat in the pool for the last like three days and it's 70 degrees so can't complain too much they're probably like why is that guy in the pool when it's <laughs> no. so cold outside i am seriously the only like you, you can see like it's a airbnb and it's around a weird lake long story but uh yeah everyone can see in and then i'm definitely the only one in the pool <laughs> it's downright hot for you they're like putting on their sweatshirts yeah, they're all wearing bubble jackets, and I'm in short sleeves and shorts. So yeah, Arizona. Uh, I I remember when I lived in California, like 60 degrees, definitely on the cold side there. But uh, the illusion of winter, where you're everybody kind of dresses like it's really cold, and like <laughs> they try to like trick themselves into the holiday spirit by just wearing over <laughs> overdressing for the weather i would say <laughs> yeah totally but but i get it it's hard to get in the christmas spirit without some uh cold weather i think yeah no it's 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 weird i would not really want to live here but it's a nice it's a nice break from the 29 degrees when i left uh, bellingham yeah uh, yeah snow in the forecast coming up you know <laughs> we're we're going to get there mhm uh, well, you've got some cool Arizona beer this week. Well, funny enough, I bought a bunch of Arizona beer, but I was hanging out at the, uh, it was a, a brewery, it was a tap house, but they, it was kind of like, uh, Elizabeth station up in Bellingham or Chuck's hop shop down in Seattle, like a beer bar, I guess. And mm-hmm. I started talking to these Michiganders and they recommended a beer that was in the case from Michigan. So I have some Michigander beer that Ooh. I bought in Arizona. That makes sense. And it's called, it's from New Orthodox is the name of the brewery. It's India Pale Ale Series. It's M43 Northeast India Pale Ale. 6.8, 65 IBU. It's, yeah, Citrus Amarela Simcoe uh, and Calypso. I'm not had it, so let's see how it goes. Yeah, it's tasty. It's totally a East Coast IPA. Yeah, no, this is actually really tasty. I would definitely, uh, definitely recommend. I think this would be right up your alley. I was gonna say you're you're speaking my language. I like I usually like stuff from Michigan. I, I used to be a big Founders uh, Brewery fan, um, but uh, yeah, that. that you know, I I've, I don't know about the hazies though. How do you feel? Like, is it on the fruitier no, it, side of things? I mean, it's 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 a hazy, but it's not. It's actually a really good. I I generally don't. I'm not a huge hazy fan. Like, it's not mm-hmm. my. But this is a very drinkable hazy. It's not. Some hazies are just like overwhelming, hitting you over the head hazy, and this is definitely not in that category. It has haze. Like, it definitely has like a a little bit of a a bite to it, but it's more on the. Uh, 
you can just taste the the bitter hops actually, which is refreshing. Hmm, that's good. Yeah, I th- feel like you need you need a little bit of a bite to it to balance things out. Yeah, no, I, I this is definitely a beer I would drink and recommend. Thanks, random strangers from Michigan. <laughs> Those Michiganders know what they're talking yeah. about. I mean, I was born in Michigan, so. I didn't know that. Yeah. I spent one whole year of my life in Michigan. Huh. Interesting. Um, I'm, I'm, I had full intentions of buying some beer today and I, I had the realization on my way home as I was sitting in Thanksgiving traffic before Thanksgiving <laughs> that I, I did not want to go anywhere near a store the hmm. day before Thanksgiving. There. So I, I, I went back into the archives and, uh, I um I'm going back to the uh the Tropic Chronic IPA oh, yeah. from Silver City. Um last time I tried this I was very surprised at how dank it was. So we'll see if that still holds true. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> dank is a word. Yeah. It's uh it's good. It's solid. I I don't know it's it's still got that that haziness to it because it is a modified tropic haze, but uh, the the dank hops definitely help cut through some of that sweetness. So it's a it's a little bit better in the tropic haze. Oh, nice! Would you recommend? Would you buy again? Yeah, I would definitely do this over over a tropic haze these days. But um, yeah, I would generally steer away from the the hazies. At, where i'm at but if if you're in the mood for one that has a little bit of uh um hop forward flavor yeah this is this is the way to go nice all right what do you got for your tim bit this week my tim bit is uh watching the world cup and I'm, oh lord have i watched so much world cup during this time <laughs> it's been great i've watched pretty much every game but a couple of these zero zeros that were way early and i didn't want to watch the replay um and there's been a lot of fun upsets in this World Cup. Yeah. So I want you to predict your ne- the next up- upset for this World Cup. What do you think is going to be the uh, the next Saudi Arabia, the next Japan? What are, what are, where are you going with the upset? Oh, let me look at the schedule here. Well, if we're looking at the next round tomorrow, mm-hmm. I would say if... Um, You can kind of you can kind of gauge who's gonna like who could be the upsets, I suppose. If uh, Brazil were to lose, that would probably be the biggest upset tomorrow. Uh, so you're predicting Ser- Serbia beating Brazil? I mean, I'm not predicting it, but that would be the biggest upset oh. for sure. Oh no, I'm I'm asking for a prediction here. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm asking for all your chips on the table. You have to predict an upset. Okay, let me ask you this. Yes. USA, England. That's probably one of the tastier uh, matchups coming up. Mm-hmm. And you you don't necessarily have skin in this game. I mean, you, you're not a fan of either team necessarily. Mm-hmm. So in your mind, would 
the U.S. beating England be an upset, or is that are they on? Oh no, that'd be. Are they closer closer than I'm thinking? They are. That would be a huge upset, especially after watching the Iran game. I mm-hmm. I would say U.S. beating England would be a huge upset. Yeah, I, I'm not. I I don't want to predict that. I don't think that's actually <laughs> going to happen. Um. Oh, you know. <laughs> okay, here's here's a good one. I'm gonna say Mexico is gonna beat Argentina. Woo-hoo! I like that spicy tamale. Yeah, looking at that one, I just feel like Argentina is on the ropes, and Mexico could be a team that could punish them. Yeah, I mean, Mexico didn't look that bad against Poland. I, I mean, obviously they couldn't get a goal in, but uh, I. It's going to be interesting. I, so I, I predicted Argentina was going to win the World Cup. So I have a little bit of a skin in the game for my, my podcasting reputation, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I could totally see that if, uh, if Argentina doesn't kind of clean up their act and they're, th- this is a must-win game for them, so they're going to have a lot of pressure on them. And whereas Mexico, I don't think, has that same level of pressure on them to win this game, I, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, yeah, that could be fun. Um, I'll go with that one. That sounds nice. like a good one. How about, how about you? What's your what's your upset prediction? Uh, I was looking at the games. I think Denmark beating France. I think that would that's an upset that could happen. I I, I glanced at that, but I was like, ah, is if France? I mean, by comparison, I feel like France is is going to be pretty on top of things. But yeah, I think because of that, yeah. if they did lose, that would be a pretty big surprise. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, France looks very good. They 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 played a very good game against Australia. All their cylinders seem to be clicking, and they don't seem to be missing those players. But that's why it would make it a big upset. Yeah, I think if you're looking at the early games, France and Spain definitely look in control of things. England's definitely in there, mm-hmm. just based on the score lines. But um, they've got a, a, a one game is not necessarily a good indicator of where everybody's at. No. Uh, especially when you're looking at some of the opponents like Spain playing, playing Costa Rica. I think you can kind of assume they're going to have a pretty big score difference. Costa Rica was the second worst team I've seen play this World Cup outside of Qatar. Like Qatar was like just, <laughs> I I can't believe they only lost two nil. Like it should have been far worse. But Costa Rica, oh my god, was that team garbage? Did you watch that game? Uh, that is one I didn't see too much of. I've, I've seen bits and pieces of most of these games that it, that were during waking hours. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I haven't really seen too much of that first that opening game. Yeah, no, I the. Uh, Costa Rica, I watched that game today and it was just like, it was, it, you just needed to see the highlights from that game because Costa Rica offered nothing against uh, Spain. Yeah, Spain, I, I just blinked. I was kind of, I had it on at my desk and I was getting up doing things, coming back to it. And I feel like I just blinked and there was like five goals yeah. that went in. They were at one point on average to be scoring nine goals. They were scoring a goal every 10 minutes. It was... Yeah, pretty bad. I was I was actually expecting more of uh, at least the defense and Navas to to hold them into that game, and obviously that was that was not the case. 
Yeah, that's you hate to see people get all the way to the World Cup and then have these sorts of blowouts. You hope there's a little bit more parity, but it, you know, being the best in your region does not necessarily put you on par with the best in the world. I mean, and especially Costa Rica, we're we're like what fourth best in our region and had to play a playoff to get there. And yeah, they're. I mean, you you remember Costa Rica in two thousand what was it 2014 you know held brazil and that was in the quarterfinals to a a great game but i think they're definitely on the backside of that generation so yeah yeah they've uh they've got a a bit of a a gap and but they've got let's see i was trying to remember who else is in their group so they have uh, Germany and Japan. Yeah. I mean, it, they no. they've got uh, an uphill climb. I was thinking that's that's pretty much the group of death, right? Yeah, especially the way Japan performed today. Yeah, I mean, even even a team whose people w- would expect to struggle to get out of that group, you know, is is showing up well. And I think Germany, Spain, Japan are going to be battling to the last last goal to try to get through. So. Yeah, and I mean, looking. I, I, did you watch the Japan Germany game at all? Uh, I did not watch that one. I watched. I think the only one I, I watched a bit of Spain and then most of the Belgium Canada game. But uh, Japan, when you watch that game, Japan was dominant for large swaths of that game, and right when they were, uh, when they scored those two goals, they were just knocking on the door over and over. That Japan team surprised me. I don't. I wasn't familiar, obviously I'm familiar with Tommy Asu, but I wasn't familiar with a lot mm. of the other players on that team. Uh-huh. And they they look like they belonged in the World Cup. And, and you know, playing like playing that way against Germany deserves a lot of credit. And I'm I'm at this point predicting Japan to be one of those three teams that leaves the group. Yeah. They they could they could go deeper than most people expected. I I was surprised that you know, after Tommy Asu came on in the second half, I was kind of surprised he started on the bench because I thought he looked better than most of the, most of the team. <laughs> like he he, was, he played pretty well in that second half. I thought. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's it's. I mean, I have my Arsenal colored glasses, but it's probably no coincidence uh-huh. that him coming on, among other players coming on as well, changed yeah. the uh, the outlook of that game. But you know, Japan even. After the goal went in for Germany, Japan didn't look like they were struggling. They didn't look like they were second best. Yeah, they. I mean, they put pressure. On, uh, what I saw of it, they looked like they were putting pressure on on Germany from pretty early on. Yeah. and they had a goal that was whistled offside. I mean, it's just it didn't look like they were afraid of playing Germany at all. No. And and I think a lot of people or a lot of teams would be pretty um, apprehensive, you know, play a little more cautious against a team like Germany. Yeah. You don't want to be too open. Yeah. But since we're an Arsenal podcast, we should probably uh, mention the, uh, the elephant in the room, which is that, uh, that uh, England Iran game. Did you get to watch that game at all? I, I watched a bit of it. Yeah. That one was, that one was fun. Um, gosh, Saka. I think we said he was going to have a, a good tournament. I think this was the redemption arc for him and, and the whole England team. 
he just looks so comfortable on the world stage. I just, I, it, it's impressive how, how much he has grown and, and how really he, he's maybe one of the best players in the tournament so far. Yeah. I mean, he, he looked so impressive and for me, again, I have Arsenal card glasses on, but he, he looked like the best player on England and he was threatening and doing all the things we see game in and game out. But I don't think a lot of people necessarily outside of Arsenal fandom have seen this soccer and it, it's great to see him just taking his club form, taking it to the world cup. And then hopefully he takes this form that he's seeing right now and takes it right back to the club game. But it's very encouraging. And I think if England goes far, it's going to be because of soccer. Yeah. They have a lot of talent, talented players on that team. But so when you can shine and really stand out as the player of the player of the match, I think that's saying a lot about where he's, where he's gone and what what he can do given the opportunity. I don't think he's going to lose that starting spot at this point. Oh no, without a doubt. I mean, it's a little disappointing not to see any of the other Arsenal players really show in that game that are on the team. I still think that Ramsdale should be starting as keeper, but I guess I understand you don't want to do a radical change on keeper right away. Uh, Ben White didn't get any, uh, any time. And again, I think he could be, pivotal we might see him if england has nothing to play for against wales we might be seeing ben white and ramsdale on both those games in that game yeah i i expect ben white will come off the bench at some point he has a player that can play multiple positions so um i think he'll he'll get minutes but uh yeah it may have to be like a dead rubber sort of game for him to get starting a starting spot um We've got what else? What else? <laughs> what else? <laughs> what other games? I can't can't talk tonight. I mean, from a non-Arsenal perspective, that Belgium Canada game was insane for me because I felt Canada just owned that game. I, I haven't looked at the final uh, possession statistics, but when I was looking in the 70th minute, I think Canada had 60% of the possession. Something like uh, I think it was like 15 shots on goal. excuse me sorry 15 shots not 15 shots on goal 15 shots and two on goal and yet somehow belgium had two shots on goal five shots on on the day and just scored their one shot and won that game it was the ultimate against run to play win for belgium yeah i didn't think they looked that good i think a lot of people have thought belgium is kind of past it a little bit like they've yeah this is kind of their end of their generational run um probably the last time we'll see uh De Bruyne leading the midfield like he has been for a while and um you know he he even struggled in this game I felt to kind of get into it it, it was uh I think he ended up winning man of the match, but I'm not sure why, because I felt like the way Canada set up, they really were having a hard time playing through the midfield. And the few times that we saw De Bruyne get on the ball, he was really um, not not able to be as effective as you might expect. I mean, if you're going to give a, a man of the match to anyone in Belgium, it would have been Batshuayi or uh, out of Eidwell. I don't think De Bruyne was that effective and Canada just, played brilliantly i'm 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 a little it's it's one of those things that when you watch soccer sometimes the best team doesn't win and i think canada was the best team in that game 
and uh, you just couldn't find a way to finish. It's not helpful when you miss your penalty when you do get yeah, a shot. Yeah, I think that's a that's a killer when you're talking about momentum in games. And that was in the ten like ten minutes into the game, you yeah. got a, a big momentum swing. Uh, it's hard to bounce back from that. So that I think that was unfortunate. Uh, it just was one of those games where I, I think the uh, I was talking to my buddy Jordan, friend of the pod, Jordan, and uh, I was ta- talking to him on text about the game because he's a huge Canada fan from Canada, and uh, it's just like they had Canada had everything but that final pass, that final touch, you know. Yeah, they were getting the shots in the right direction. They just could not get things to fall for them, and it was. Uh... It was it was hard to watch at some points because it was just like the ball, it just a game of inches, right? Yeah. It just it was the ball was just not hitting the right spots for him. Yeah, and I guess in a other Arsenal adjacent, I guess I'd call it news is a uh, Giroud finally uh, matched Henri's scoring record for France. Yeah, that's that's uh. I guess to be expected, he's been chipping away at that record for quite a while. I'm so happy for him. I, I mean, I think Giroud was one of the most criminally underrated strikers we've seen. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do anything sexy. He just scores goals. And I think that tying the record with Henri really shows that. And I mean, like he wasn't even picked to be on the original France team. He's only there because Benzema got injured and they called him up when Benzema got injured. And it, it shows his professionalism and the fact that he does belong there. And I know, you know, yes, he went off to Chelsea. Yes, you know, he left us. But I, I don't. I harbor no ill feelings, and I, I do feel that it's a well-deserved uh, record for him. And hopefully, he scores more goals and beats that record. Even though I do love Henri as well. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the sad part. At least if if he's gonna lose it to somebody it it, it Giroud is the guy i would yeah. want it to go to i mean it's eventually gonna go to mbappe but like i was gonna say it's a, it's not gonna be long for this world because <laughs> mbappe for a guy who didn't score a hat trick mbappe also looked just amazing every time he touched touched the ball it was it was magic and like i can't help but like compare him to neymar which they have the same magic about about them where like when they touch the ball things happen but Neymar inevitably falls down complains whereas Mbappe was just getting on with business and even though he didn't score maybe he wasn't getting some of the passes he wanted he was just so influential in that game and uh yeah turns out Mbappe's a good player I guess yeah I mean if 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 we could get him I would take him Mm. you know (laughs) in a heartbeat in yeah. an absolute heartbeat. He, I mean, Mbappe, once the uh, Ronaldo's and the uh, the uh, uh, Messi's leave this playing time, Mbappe is definitely the world premier player at this point. Yeah, I think so. I'm just re re looking at the uh, Australia goal, though. <laughs> Pretty nice. Yeah, a little a little uh, consolation for them. Yeah, but yeah, they, you. I don't think anyone expected Australia is going to put up a huge fight against France. I mean, they were just pretty dominant throughout the whole game. I mean, you, when you look at outside of that goal, I mean, when you look at Australia, like a majority of their players are from the domestic Australian league, and mm-hmm. I have spent some time watching Australian league just because I watch way too much soccer, and 
if you want to talk about a league that's less glamorous than the MLS, the Australian League is that league. They're they're like what MLS was about ten years ago, uh. and it's uh, so it's not the results not that surprising from that end. But at least Australia definitely put up a fight, even though it was a at the end very not great result for them. I just like the thing is I just keep on going back to that cutter opening match and how bad Cutter looked like just like you knew they were going to lose the game, but they didn't even put up a fight. They look so disorganized. I can't, it is the worst world cup performance I think I've ever seen. And that's including North Korea playing Brazil. I think it's, it's embarrassing to see that a cutter team in the world cup. Well, that's what you get when you host. You get to bypass all the things that would make your team good. I mean, that's also what you get when none of your players are actually from Qatar. <laughs> yeah, how does that how does that work? Yeah. I mean, national. I mean, I understand nationality is a very interesting thing, and there's a lot of gray, squishy area. But I don't. You get the feeling that the players for Qatar don't really want to be there. Yeah. I it. I read some things, some rumors that were like, oh yeah, uh, they paid off some Ecuador players to throw the game. And I was like, there's no way. No. But if they were to have lost to that team, then you would have thought for sure the fix was in because yeah. there's just, it, you could just see the gulf of, in, in the talent between the two teams. Well, I mean, you could see that like during that game that Ecuador definitely took their foot off the gas after the second goal. And, but I don't think it was that they were paid to, to throw the game. I think, no. Ecuador was like, all right, we got our two goals. We're cool. We're just going to like just ride this out mm-hmm. more than anything. Gosh, the the bicycle kick attempt by Jean. Oh, Jeez. that was, uh, if that would have gone in. I mean, we know that, like, as I say, he, I've, I said he wasn't sexy, but he has the uh, perchance for some very sexy goals. Yeah, he just tries shit. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so we've got, got some decent games coming up in the next couple of days. I'm pretty excited about the CN Brazil and how they're going to fare in this tournament. Um, I'm excited about the Switzerland, uh, Cameroon game. We get, yes. a, I, a, I, I love seeing Jaka play for the national team. I know this is mm-hmm. a reoccurring phrase and we get to see new who play for, uh, for, uh, Cameroon. Yeah, I, I, gonna get up at two a.m. for that God, one. No, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll do what I've been doing, which is it's kind of nice because uh, in Arizona we're an hour ahead of Washington, so uh, mm. I've uh, been getting up at eight fifty to catch the nine o'clock, the eight o'clock game for you guys on the uh, the the West Coast. Oh yeah, and then uh, I watch the two late games, and then I go back and watch if there's an interesting game of the early game. I'll watch the replay. If it's a nil nil draw, I'm just I'm. I'm too old for that shit. I'm not going to rewatch a nil, no draw. No, there's too many, too many games to be wasting your time. on. Yeah. That. So I'll probably, if it's a good game, I'll probably rewatch it after the, uh, the, uh, 12 o'clock game, our time, the 11 o'clock. So after the Brazil game, I mean, I'm also interested in, I mean, there's, I think that Portugal Ghana game looks pretty sexy. I think that should uh-huh. be a fun game, especially with all the stuff going on with Ronaldo, newly clubless Ronaldo. Amazing the timing on that one. I don't know who that benefits, but maybe it's good to just get that out <laughs> off your mind. I don't know. You know, seeing it, for the longest time, 
we were the chaos club. It's very nice that Arsenal is no longer the chaos club. It's yeah, other teams. I love it. And especially that they announced that Ronaldo, uh, uh, parting of ways and then announced that the club's up for sale at the same time. It's yeah. Gosh, it must be rough being a, a Man U fan right now. And it's interesting. Like I was reading articles about, uh, how most Man United fans are happy. The Glazers aren't involved, but it's kind of that weird thing of the devil, devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't know, mm. you know, mm-hmm. you could get a much worse ownership group, including talk of the Cutter wealth fund, getting involved in man United, like talk of, uh, some very unsavory characters getting involved in it. Like, so maybe the Glazers weren't as we've found with the Cronkies, maybe rich American owners aren't the worst thing to happen to the premier league. Do you find it weird that they're wanting to get out? If I, I, I think a lot of people were saying that the Liverpool and mm-hmm. the Manu, uh, shakeups are directly tied to the failure of the super league. But, um, yeah, it does see, it does seem odd because they've, they've made a lot of money off, off of the, the, the team. And I don't know that that's seeing a huge downturn, but maybe they're struggling more than I think it, it, it's it not, looks like. I don't think it's the super league. I really don't think it's a super league. I think it's everyone looking at Chelsea and the sale at Chelsea which was a leverage sale. Like there was a lot of pressure on Chelsea to sell it. And they still, mm. what was it? It was 2 billion, 2 point something billion dollars that sale. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the Glaciers, they bought menu for 300 million. So if they can get the Jeez. same price, if not better, like you're tripling your investment. And so I think a lot of the American owners that aren't that interested saw that and go, we can get out now, make a ton of money and just be done with it. And especially with more so Manu than Liverpool, the, the fan base hates them and they know it. Yeah. It's a, it's a fairly toxic and, you know, I mean, Manu is definitely trending downward. So now is a time to either reinvest in the squad, reinvest in everything or just go. I also think the, the way the, uh, it's probably not a coincidence that it was announced at the same time that Ronaldo, I think that deal went sour and no one looks good in it. And probably the owners are like, all right, we're done with this. Give us our, give us our money and go. Yeah. We've been there. Yep. (laughs) Arsenal wrote the book on that. (laughs) Yeah. Like you said, it is nice not to be the, the butt butt end of the jokes for, for a while. But yeah, tomorrow tomorrow's a big Arsenal day with a uh, uh, party. Xhaka, uh, Martinelli, Jesus. Am I forgetting anybody? Nope. I think that's all, that's everybody. I think that's uh, his. What's her name? Uh, our Portuguese. He's not on the Portuguese team, is he? No. 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 That that should be it. Yeah, big big day. So I'm gonna try to watch as many of the games as I can. Probably not the early game, but uh, I'm I think I'll catch uh, the 8 a.m. and the 11 a.m. games yeah. for sure. Uh, all right, we've got one question that got sent in for this week. Uh, if if you want to be a question sender, we've got uh, a few ways to do that. 
uh, Twitter is at W of, of N London. Email us at westofnorthlondon North at gmail.com. Voicemails can go to anchor.fm slash westofnorthlondon slash message. And I, I highly recommend you join us on our Discord. If you're in a place like Twitter, or you might still be on Facebook, you might be somewhere else. I'm telling you, the future is chatting with people about these games real time and posting anything you please. We are not gonna put. Po- we're not gonna uh, get down on you for talking about other teams. No, nope. you can talk about whatever soccer things you want. You can talk about most things that you feel like talking about, and we're not gonna shut you down if it's, it's you know as long as it fits the theme yeah. <laughs> that we set out in the room. <laughs> um, but you know, Discord is the place to be. So I would say go check that out. That's gonna be the link in our show notes. You can join us uh, on the Discord at any time. Um, whether we're playing a game or not, there's plenty of people to chat with. Um, so let's get to the question here from Joe Robinson. Uh, he asks, anyone from the fixture so far caught your eye as potential January signings? I have a an answer, but it's not a player that's played yet. Actually, there there uh, there's actually one other that I thought of who's played, which is Gakpo. That was another, that was a player that I, Sal play for Belgium, and I, we've seen him before. For Netherlands? For Netherlands, not Belgium, sorry. For Netherlands. We've seen him before in uh, Europa League, and I believe uh, Jonathan King Manilis has uh, mentioned him before, and he looked mm-hmm. really good in that game. So as players we've seen, he was someone that stuck out for me. But there's He's been linked with Arsenal tangential... Ten, I'm not even going to try that again. <laughs> <laughs> Peripherally? <laughs> Yeah, he is he's a name that has been linked to Arsenal in the past. Um, and you know, if he was if he was available at a good price, I think they would definitely go for him. But he is probably uh, a player on the rise that's going to be tough yeah. to get at a decent price at this point. And especially if you score a goal like that in the World Cup, your uh, your your price definitely goes up instantly. There's a World Cup tax for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, but there's a player I I read an article about in the guardian and he has not played yet because he plays for Ghana and it's Mohamed Kudus. And, uh, the article, the title, the headline was I'm as good as Neymar. Just don't have this big of stage. And he plays for Ajax and he sounds like the real deal. He's in his, not his preferred position is as a offensive midfielder, attacking midfielder. But he's been playing like a withdrawn nine for Ajax this season, and he sounds like the real deal. He's been on a good tear. His contract is about up, which makes it easy for us to get or easier for us to get him. Uh, he's about the right age. He seems to be the right profile for us. He needs to be stay, taking a club. He was trying. Everton was very interested in him, but uh, after the fire sale at Ajax last year. Ajax decided not to let him go, which actually made him very upset. He missed the first three games because he refused to play, which made me not a great sign. But uh, he seems to be the real deal, and he could be a player we'll see tomorrow with Ghana if we're if it's a, a justified uh, uh, hype. But I, 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 I noticed that, and I feel like that's the type of profile, especially... Backup for Jesus, someone who can play that that withdrawn striker role might not be a bad shout. Yeah, definitely. 
I I, I think we could use some uh, some depth there for sure. How about you? Did you uh, have anybody? Uh, the person that really jumped out to me today, and I think it's it, it's kind of I'm gonna say it, and and really this is not realistic, but it would be nice to have a player like this. Um, I thought in the Spain game that goal by uh, Gabby was mm. was really outside of the foot. I mean, pokes it in. I that's the kind of goal I just I live for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see a player like him come our way. Only 18 years old. Uh, but he's with Barcelona. It's you know we're not going to pry him away unless Barcelona is going to go into fire sale mode. I mean, it's not out of, out of the question because Barcelona does need to make money at some point. I just can't believe that they can do what they did this year again, mm-hmm. and especially not making the uh, knockout. Excuse me, the rounds of the the Champions League. They're going to be hurting for money. So I mean, I think there'll be players on the table. I don't know. I mean, they, they've already leveraged their future, so maybe they'll leverage their future more, but it's a, it's an outside chance. Yeah. Uh, he's a, he's that type of up-and-coming player I'd love to see Arsenal get in on. Um, and even I, I mean, we have a young team, but 18, with his talent level, I think he could be explosive by the time he's, you know, Sokka's age, and that's that's still a few years away for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he look he looks really good. Yeah, I mean the only other player, and this is just purely a uh, World Cup hot take, which is a uh, Takuma Asano. And I apologize, my Japanese, even despite a semester of it, is not great. But uh, the score of <laughs> the second goal for Japan today that that second goal was a peach. And you know he's a little bit older than our uh, general age limit. He's at twenty eight, so. He might not be exactly perfect, but uh, is, uh, you know, playing for Bochum, which his market value right now is right around $3 million. That seems seems about right. Plays as a right winger, which, again, is kind of a stacked position for us. So I don't know if we yeah. necessarily need him, but it, I just, I thought that goal was a peach, and I would love to, I think it would complement Arsenal well. He's been, I, the, the crazy part is how much, how, he was with Arsenal for years and never got into the team. Like he kept having to get loaned out with the, uh, I don't know he, what the the deal was, but he he could never seem to stick with the team. And I can't remember if it was a, um, a passport thing or a work permit. I can't remember why he never stuck around, but he kept getting loaned out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just looking at his career night right now. We uh, loaned him out to Stuttgart twice, and then we loaned him out to uh, Hanover. And then, yeah, so it's maybe it's not the best buy, but you could see why we were interested in him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's he's he'd be cheap, yeah a cheap pickup for sure. But I mean, he is the wrong age profile, I think, and. He's not going to be developing anymore. I mean, that that signing would reek of scored a goal in the World Cup by him type of signing. But that goal was so great. That's one of my favorite goals of the World Cup besides the... uh, My favorite right now is the uh, Ecuador second goal. The turning header is probably my favorite, but that that just top drawer goal that he scored was awesome. Well, I I'm all for having more Japanese players. I mm-hmm. I think if you're if you're looking for 
an affordable player. I mean, he's not gonna. He might get a little bump from from having a good World Cup run, but he, he's he's valued at like three million right now. I don't think Volcom's gonna be asking the world for him. Yeah. And when you're talking about signing a player for a stretch run to try to push your your team into the uh, Champions League or into the um, the the title. Sending somebody who's 28 and established and isn't going to take as much time to develop and gel with the team. And maybe even the idea of giving him a kind of a actual opportunity to play for a team that he was with for a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that would be uh, a good story and a, a not a bad, not a bad idea. I mean, he'd be familiar with the club. <laughs> it wouldn't be his first time. Yeah. Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, it's not, not the worst idea in the world. I would, I would take a, a flyer on that, that, player at that price yeah or somewhere around that um yeah anybody else get jump into mind I mean, or not anybody other than the uh the names you've already known a lot of these players that are performing are players that uh aren't a surprise i think you know the world cup used to be this place where you'd find gems rough gems in the rough and i think we're less in that era now when you every player is known at this point mm. there's footage mm-hmm. we watch all these games we see these players in and out. So there's, there's not a lot of surprises, I guess you would say. Yeah. It, it might be from the teams that are kind of less known. And, uh, you know, if you, if you get more upsets then some of these teams may really have some players that are going to shine. I mean, it'd be interesting. I don't know enough about it to talk about it, but that Saudi team, the Saudi Arabian team, uh, those players are all pretty much domestic players in Saudi Arabia and they looked pretty decent for stretches of that game. I wonder if there's any of those players that could, uh, you know, get a move and be handy or useful. As I said, I don't know enough about them. I would have to watch a couple more games of theirs, but that, that could be an interesting, if they continue their, their winning ways Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't just a fluke against uh, Saudi, not a fluke, fluke is probably the wrong word, but just a a one-off performance. Right. Well, we will see if any more upsets come along in the next uh, couple days. I we're we're already almost through the first round of games here. Uh, Friday starts up the next group of games and uh, it's it's going fast there's a lot a lot happening but or we can't believe how many games have already flown by <laughs> um so we'll we'll leave it there we don't have too much to add to that and we've got another episode next week where we'll cover everything in between i'm very anxious to see how all the arsenal players uh, play tomorrow and, and friday i think although i think pretty much between tomorrow and friday all the arsenal players will yeah um, so anyway, uh, thank you all for, for joining us for this week's episode of, of World Kip. World, World Kip? World Kip. Yep. We need to cut it off. I'm done. <laughs> uh, let's try that again. Uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode of World Cup coverage. Uh, if you haven't done so already, review and subscribe wherever you're listening to us. And uh, if you like our theme song, go check out Bobcat. Their album, No No Course to Follow, can be found at bobc.at. And uh, that is pretty much it for us this week. So as always, see you at the next gun show.